On a previous recording, I spoke about Peter Thompson and his shared view on what corporations could be do could be doing to help the oceans. Um, as I mentioned, I was very lucky to listen to um, Peter Thompson and watch him give a speech in Paris in 2020 during the Change Now event, and uh, I thought it was great. Uh, in case it was not clear, I thought it was great, and. Um, I was I look forward to seeing him again, and uh, yeah, I think he's doing a lot. I think he could be heard by more people, which is why I choose to share his article here. In case you've never heard of Peter Thompson, he's someone to keep an eye on. And he has a point of view that is pretty structured and shared, and um, he moves within circles where decisions are being made. And for some of us, where we probably think, oh, it's, it's a slow process, it's I think you know we should just be doubling down, marking presence, doing whatever they ask, uh, while we do our own bit, and that just keep adding. So here's another article which he shared in uh, uh, or reported to Al Jazeera, again, and it's called "The Road to a Blue Green Recovery." For info, this article was written in May 2020, so that means when the coronavirus started hitting and rescheduling everyone's life wherever we were on the planet. So here we have it. The road to a blue-green recovery. When the coronavirus pandemic retreats, we can and should rebuild in a way that ensures the health of our oceans. If there ever were a tide in human affairs that should be taken, this is it. A pitiless pandemic has befallen us, bringing sadness and sacrifice around the world. But when we raise our eyes, we see that skies are free of jet stream scars, city air is clear and clean, sweet birdsong echoes down our streets, and those long-recommended modes of cyberspace office work and meetings have become the norm. In 2018, a special report on global warming from the IPCC told us that limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius would require rapid far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society. Back then, achieving unprecedented change in the short term may have seemed a tall order, but not so today. And while pandemics are not the prescription for mitigating climate change, they do demonstrate possibilities. Amid the COVID-19 crisis, our chief responsibility lies in the pursuit of the common good, caring for those around us, heeding the structures, the strictures, sorry, of our authorities and supporting the heroic efforts of our essential services and health workers. But these dark times will soon end, <laughs> and we will find ourselves stepping out on the road of recovery. When we need what we need when we do, it is the high road to a sustainable world that we must take, not the low one returning to planet-polluting single-use plastics profligate burning of fossil fuels and wanton denigration of nature. Human security depends that we build back better. The recovery road to a blue-green future lies ahead. The blue element of this recovery is that a sustainable ocean economy for the ocean covers 70% of the planet is our greatest buffer against climate change. Providing us with everything from food to energy, from medicine to employment, along with the oxygen of every second breath we take. In the face of COVID-19 restrictions, to progress momentum in favor of a healthy ocean, the first week of June will witness a major global online event, 
the Virtual Ocean Dialogues. This series of inclusive digital convenings is being divested, designed sorry, and hosted by the World Economic Forum and Friends of Ocean Action with a view to producing actionable solutions in favor of conserving and sustainably using the ocean's resources. The best interests of people and planet alike demand that commitments and action for a healthy ocean are not held back. Perhaps the greatest risk resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic would be that we lose sight of the most fundamental challenge facing humanity, namely that of reducing our greenhouse gas emissions to levels that will keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Venture above that figure and we will be placing the well-being of future generations in great jeopardy. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, we were on course for global warming of more than 3.5 degrees Celsius by the end of this century. Once crossed, the dreaded line of 2 degrees centigrade warming would witness the ocean's loss of its coral reefs, home to 30% of its biodiversity. What would that mean for the health of the ocean? At this stage, the truth is, we don't know. But let's at least agree that if we would not be good, that is an essential sorry let me put this back that is an existential reality for without a healthy ocean we know we cannot have a healthy planet thus those global warming greenhouse gas emissions are our common enemy they are the cause of the oceans failing oxygen levels and rising levels of acidity both trends exacerbating and both stressing life under the waves our escalating green gas emissions are the cause of the warming of the ocean by which coral is bleached ecosystems lost, extreme weather events fermented, and sea levels made to rise ever upwards. And so, when this cursed pandemic retreats and we enter into the inevitably... <laughs> Sorry, the computer just went blink. And so, when this cursed pandemic retreats and we enter into the inevitably tough times of the recovery phase, the self-interest of our species demands that central to building back better must be unprecedented reductions in anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions around the world. Only then will we reverse the decline of the ocean's health and best protect our own. We have a universally agreed plan to save life in the ocean, SDG 14, so the Sustainable, Sustainable Development Goals 14. This is the 14th goal of the United Nations 2030 Sustainable Development Agenda setting out a series of targets aimed at conserving and sustainably using the ocean's resources. We will need a compass to guide a recovery course, and we have a reliable one in the form of the 2030 Sustainable Development Agenda, coupled with the Paris Climate Agreement. Through these, we can ensure that short-term recovery solutions are in accord with long-term development and climate action objectives. The vision of a blue-green post-pandemic recovery fully accepts the priorities of fostering economic development and creating employment, at the same time promoting greater social equity and welfare. In the energy sector's transition to renewables, for example, it foresees innovative energy storage, the installation of flexible power grids, electric vehicle charging systems, green hydrogen, and multiple other energy development technologies. All these will mean jobs, jobs, and more jobs. The blue-green recovery road will take us through economic way stations and environmental agreements that will bring human systems and natural systems in a new harmony based on respect and balance. This must surely be the hallmark of the forthcoming UN Ocean Treaty Conference on Biodiversity 
beyond national jurisdictions, so that we will soon live in a world in which at least 30% of the ocean is protected under effective and well-managed conservation measures. Think only of the fact that every second breath you take comes from the ocean, and you will find good reason to welcome that prospect. We have always known that humans and nature are part of one connected system, with nature providing us with water, air, medicine, food, and so many other benefits. Lately, we've been riding over nature's benefits rough so hard, taking too much for granted, disguising greed in our finest costumes of profit and progress. On the blue-green recovery road, we will set out to put that right. We will move from linear exploitation of finite planetary resources into a sustainable era of circular economies. We will advance this to sustainable food systems, resilient cities, and rapid transition into renewable energy systems. And we will safeguard the biodiversity of nature upon which our lives ultimately depend. In the interest of the ocean's health, when we say we will plant a trillion trees, we must ensure this includes the restoration of mangrove, seagrass, and kelp in the knowledge that they sequester four times more carbon than their terrestrial cousins. Blue-green recovery foresees an end to the uncon unconscionable levels of pollution and waste for which we have of late been responsible. It demands an end to harmful subsidies distorting such sectors as oil, gas, and fisheries. It demands an end to the international scandals of illegal fishing, overfishing, and modern, modern slavery at sea. What it expects of governments around the world is to look beyond the short term and put in place equitable policies and investment decisions that are in harmony with a sustainable future. In the long run, the survival of our kind may be intrinsically linked to the fate of coral. Thus, the course of blue-green recovery must steer us well away from the dreaded territory of 1.5 to 2 degrees centigrade global warming. If we love our children and theirs, if we love this planet, if we love life itself, then staying true to that course is the ultimate obligation. Returning to our old ways will, be, will but resume a course towards devastating hurricanes, flooding coasts, vast wildfires, a proliferation of famines and wars, massive displacement of population, and the recurrence of global pandemics. A blue-green recovery has faith in the genius of our species, our powers of innovation and our ability to share ideas and resources with empathy in adversity. We must take these currents while they serve, for though for through the fog of all, our, all the sadness, trauma and sacrifice this pandemic has brought upon us, we catch glimpses of the ways ahead. The joy of birdsong and the tolling bells of logic tell us to take the one that leads to a blue-green future. I'm looking forward to participating in the virtual Ocean Dialogues, June 1 to 5. This was in 2020, so it's gone. You can probably read reports about it to help produce the solutions we need for sustainable food supplies from the ocean, for renewable energy transitions, for stemming the pollution tide, prioritizing ocean protection, and securing the data and ocean science we require to secure us the healthy planet that we all need and desire. So there you have it. This was a article, speech, uh, that he shared. Uh, back right after when the pandemic was starting in May 2020. And at that time, as the world stopped, um, I remember him being a very, um, very present to remind everyone that although the world stopped, we should all be acting 
with regards to climate change and he was always uh, focusing on the oceans very much like Guterres has been doing so lately uh, mentioning that despite the pandemic we cannot drop um, the ball we cannot lose sight of targets that need to be met uh, as the planet really depends on it so until the next recording thank you very much for listening i will be sharing all info on this article do yourself a favor go and read and view mr thompson on uh, whatever access you have whether it's youtube or google other videos he's a great voice to listen to and i look forward to whatever he'll be sharing with us in the following and the coming years undoubtedly he will have a presence in this exercise thank you very much for listening until the next recording